Welcome to the Inside Envy podcast, where we bring you, the listener, Inside Envy's walls to join us for conversations about cycling and the deep dive into the science and insight behind our brand, the people, and the products we create to deliver a better ride experience. All right, and welcome to the Inside Envy podcast. I'm your host, Ken Bloomer, coming to you from Andorra. For the fourth round of the UCI World Cup, it is the first stop where we both have the downhillers and cross-country racers together on what is a very exciting race course for both. Um, it's very challenging. Uh, it's very rocky. Um, makes for some great racing. We checked out the short track yesterday. Uh, whom my guest was uh, in that race, Manuel Fumic. His career spans two decades. He has seen racing evolve over the years. Uh, all the way from 26 inch wheels through to 29 and uh, has always been at the front. He is a U23 world champion, has won the silver medal a couple times in the elite class and has been to the Olympics three times. Four times. Four already. times. And with that, I welcome Manuel Fumik. Welcome. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. Thanks, Ken. Happy to be here and welcome to uh, Andorra. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So, um, yeah, it's Two decades of racing. A lot has happened during that time. Um, you and your brother used to race back in when you first got started. Is that correct? Yeah, it's correct. I mean, my brother was six years older than me. And how uh, things always um, go when you have an older brother, you always look what the older one is doing. And he was into cycling. I mean, we he was working at the bike shop by that time, and I was always around. And then, you know, mountain biking came up. We were before we were on a BMX, or my brother was on a BMX, and then mountain biking came in, and was all about mountain biking by that time. And uh, from there on, I was just following my brother on his path more or less. And he was racing every weekend. My dad was supporting us uh, most of the time, and he was driving us to the races. And I was just there. Sometimes I was just uh, cheering for him, and sometimes I was racing some kids' races. Uh, and this is how it started, you know. And then at one point, I just became better and better. Uh, joined the national team. Uh, joined back in the days one of the biggest mountain bikes team, uh, Team T Mobile. Yeah. And this is where my career, uh, career kicks uh, kicks off. And uh, yeah, and I had a really successful under twenty three uh, under twenty three career. And uh, and this is always nearly twenty years ago. Sometimes I need to laugh as well. That's crazy. Yeah, twenty six inches. Were you guys running V brakes? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I had everything from V brakes to whatever it is twenty six inch, twenty seven point five, twenty nine, and stuff. The whole stuff. evolution. The whole evolution, and uh, from beginning of, I mean. At the beginning, you know, it was all about hard tilts, and then yeah, you know, and then of course with full suspension, full uh, kicking in and stuff, and it was just great to watch how bikes in general developed, you know, and how much uh, that also influences racing or your riding. On, right, because back then the the courses were a little bit longer format. Yeah, and you guys were racing what two hours back back in the day. I can tell you, know, I mean, I remember sometimes you know when when people come in and they said, "Wow, I've been on a marathon. It was quite hard." It was two hour 30 racing and stuff that was a cross country race <laughs> yeah, it was i mean 230 for the win and I, back in the days so i came in way with, with two hours 45 you what know? was the what was do you remember the, your time on the first olympics you ever did how long that course was um i think that was rough under two hours yeah uh, it was ethan 2004 and now the target is kind of right right around an hour Plus, yeah, gives plus some change. It's a little bit longer. It's like uh, one hour twenty-five between one twenty-five and one thirty. 
if you come just you know like back in the days of course it was more tactical in a way you know because you knew it's it's going to be a longer race two and a half hours and now it's now in in these times you know with one hour 30 it's just way more aggressive way more i mean out of the corner accelerating it's just flat out basically from the start to the finish i'm always blown away by the starts watching you guys i just i don't know how you guys can hold that speed yeah. that for that long. That's just, that's amazing. To, no, to watch it is. That. But also not just the bikes changed, you know, everything around changed, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember back in the days we had, there was more athletes or more more team members or uh, racers uh, yeah. in, a, in a team than stuff. And now it's exactly the opposite, you know. If, for example, we are at the Cannondale team, we are uh, in cross country, we have three riders, but at least 10 or 12 staff members. You know, yeah. and everyone is a specialist, even if it's for, just for suspension or just, I mean, mechanics. And then for, for we have an own chef, you know, like a physiotherapy uh, and a team manager, performance manager. You know, it's really, it goes really into details. Right. But just to also make sure, you know, we get the best out of us. Right. I think that just is natural progression with the, the way the sport is developed professionally. It's more an F1 style of racing rather than back in the day. It was more of the backyard barbecue. Yeah. Let's go have fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still fun, but, yeah. you know, obviously with, you know, uh, the Olympics, I think helped uh, elevate the game as well. Um, no, definitely. And uh, attracted bigger sponsors. And yeah. yeah, so all in all, the sport has evolved towards this more professional style of racing. Yeah. How has that affected you as a racer yourself? Uh, in terms of like, like just, you know, your preparation and, and everything. Cause imagine back when you first yeah, started, I mean, preparation was yeah, a I was, different. yeah, I was completely different. I mean, you know, back in the days, it was more like you had a few, few camps together as a team. And then basically you you went back home and you did what you have to do to get in shape for the races. And, uh, you, you spent some, I mean, back in the days you spent some time with the team, but most of it on loan. And in these modern days, like this year, for example, I can tell you, I see the team more than my family or my, my kids, you know, and in the meantime, I got three kids already, you know, yeah. <laughs> I always hope that they recognize me once I get back home <laughs> from a longer trip, you know, yeah. and it just shows you how much uh, we as athletes invest, the team, uh, the staff members, yeah. is all, you know, we all on the, on the road for quite a long time and uh, it just shows you how much effort there is uh, putting in just to get the best out of uh, the athletes and the team and everything. And the, and uh, also in terms of, you know, we are competing now on a few different disciplines as well. You know, there's also back in the days we were just focusing on folk, on cross country, for example, and now it becomes more like stage races, marathons, you know, and everything. We got the current marathon world champion, Amancini is in our team. Yeah. We were a second at the Cape Epic, you know, which is also a complete different discipline. You need to prepare also complete different, but it just shows, you know, we are constantly the whole year on the road, you know, and using kind of all kind of different stuff to maybe prepare for for the biggest uh, bigger race at the cross country. So it makes all sense in a way. It's a rounded thing. Yep, definitely. Mm. So um, tell us a little bit about how the courses have evolved. What's mm. changed in that aspect of racing? Well, first of all, uh, the courses got shorter, got way more um, kind of uh, technical um, technical uh, stuff inside. You know where you. Uh, where you have to jump, uh, get, uh, uh, gap jumps or whatever, what bridges and stuff like that become more, more and more technical than mm-hmm. before. Uh, I think there's no way anymore to ride on hardtail. It's all about full suspension just to get the right setup because it's, uh, it's so rough sometimes and, and rocky and, and rooty and stuff. Uh, and it's just, 
basically it's just really intense you know it's uh so much more turns inside and uh, steep climbs and it's uh, you never really got the chance to recover like for example like the the old school courses you know where sometimes you had a five minutes climb on a, on a gravel road you know right it's completely out now it's really left and right and what i really like about it they bring the sport more to the people you know back in the days we kind of we went on a 25 minutes loop and people who came to cheer and watch uh they didn't saw see, us they didn't see much from the no race. they didn't see anything and now you know you have a figure of eight or something and people get really involved and they can see okay where one of these riders he's his trench is here or he makes some time up here and so you involve the spectator as well and that's yep. why i think also the crowds and the, and the fans you know they they also involved more so every world cup we got more and more spectators coming and cheering you know Absolutely. there are some great races like in uh, novo mesto one of the i think one of the top no, it's crazy i got goosebumps when we talk about now yeah. because there are twenty five thousand people cheering and making a hell of a noise yeah. and it's just great for us as an athlete also to to race in front of such a crowd you know gives you guys energy pushes you on gives us energy and just show, gives you a little bit uh gives you gives you something back you know because yeah. we sacrifice as well so much you know and when you come there it's like a it's like a present for you you know as an athlete it feels like a present that you can you allow to perform in front of such a crowd you know and show what you got I think that's the beauty of cycling. People talk about it often in road cycling, but they don't really talk about it so much in mountain biking is mm. that you guys are so close to the fans and the mm. spectators. And there is definitely an energy exchange there that's going on. You can see, you know, they get you guys fired up, especially on the climbs and just so loud. And Nova Mesto is one of those courses I love to go watch races just for the watching the other people there that are watch the race because there's so many crazy fans and it's just such a like you like you i get goosebumps talking yeah, about exactly. it such a such a special place and you know and cross country racing the i think you know downhill obviously you get to see the the rider go by once mm. it's incredible to watch but you know cross country like you said yeah. you can follow the race and see the strategy that's unfolding and, and really feel what's going on that's that makes it unique i also think what makes it unique is there's no other really discipline like mountain biking or cross country where you get so involved as a fan you know and also got to get really close to the to the riders you know we have great pits here around every t every team is representing themselves nicely with a with a big booth and you're you know you know you know exactly when it's training time and stuff yeah. you can come by take photos have a quick chat and stuff and i think uh all these riders you know they know how much uh how much how important it is you know to share stuff with the fans and that's why to take time to exactly sign I mean, autographs do photos. yeah so much you know yeah. like uh sometimes i come back especially here in andorra the spanish people they go mad you know and uh, some of them i recognize i mean they come by here for the last 10 10 years already mm -hmm. you know and just and you 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 always see oh this is a familiar face oh yeah we met last time and stuff <laughs> and this is just great you know yeah and they really appreciate that as well and this is what i always hear that uh, I mean, once you're into cycling, you follow a lot of discipline, but mountain biking, I hear quite often that is also special for the fans, you know, because it's really close. Uh, you can get really close to the, to the riders and also to mechanics and have a chat and stuff. And it's just great atmosphere. And I think the other thing also that plays into that is cross country is one of those accessible sports that not only do you guys do, but the fans, they also, they may not race, but they're more or less riding cross country bikes out there. And if they do race, they, you know, like you said, they're doing marathons or mm -hmm. doing hobby races. Yep. And so I think there's that connection. 
Also, as well. Yeah, but it comes really close what most of us are doing. You know, it's kind of a starting point and a finish point. It's similar to cross country. You know, you have a start and a finish. It's a lab. You go out when you're back home. You go for your lab, and then you can kind of challenge yourself and see exactly okay. On Monday, I had that time. Maybe on Friday, mm-hmm. I felt way better. And you know, like they they get into that um, kind of what cross country stands for. You know, they can kind of see. All right, uh, this is a lab, and I try to uh, get better every lap, and and just uh, try to uh, increase their their shape or whatever it is. You mm-hmm. know, and this is kind of cross country is really, I think, uh, is really connecting yeah. everybody together. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with yeah, that. And it's really social as well. Yeah. You know? So why did you give up the baggies? <laughs> this is, a, this is a, a great question. I kind of, I was the first one who showed up. There was actually another master who showed up with baggy shorts. Yeah, you know? I remember you said you, you wore baggies because it brings you closer to the roots of the sport. Yeah, exactly. It still does, you know, yeah. but uh, like we just discussed earlier, you know, uh, now every, every second counts, you right. know, and I need to admit, you know, I mean, the baggies look way cooler, yeah. but it also, you know, has maybe in performance reasons for, you know, that's one of the reasons why I just totally. said, okay, I go to bib shorts back again. But to be honest, you know, I'm still a big fan uh, of, uh, of... So in of, training rides, you're in baggies? Uh, if they, if I would have some, yeah, but <laughs> they don't give me any more now. But I still have some in my wardrobe, you know. Yeah. But I think it's just, it's also nice. And I think this is something where we could develop as well. Because when I look at other sports, you know, like surfing, skateboarding, it's all about closing. You know, in a way. Lifestyle. And lifestyle and stuff. And I think this is something where mountain biking or cross country could uh, uh, develop still, you know, in terms of clothing. Because we adapted, you know, we took over from from road cycling, bib shorts, tight uh, shirts and whatever. And I think still think, I mean, you see so many guys on uh, more, I think, on on, uh, baggy shorts than on, on bib shorts now. But I think this is still something where we can more and more develop to make the sport way more attractive, you know. Just Absolutely. An, like an example, you know, my wife, for example, she's not really into cycling, but if she does, you know, I have, I mean, I have a great kid for her every time and she looks at the kid, she puts the kid on, she looks in the mirror and says, I don't recognize myself. <laughs> and then she puts some running gear on, you know? Yeah. And this is so funny for me to see how, how important clothing is, yeah, you know, totally. to, to, to like the, the average or normal people who maybe just trying to choose a sport for them. And once, you know, I think the hardest thing is to get someone on a bike. And once they're on a the bike, they're going to stick to it because yep. then they're going to see the benefit, you know. Once they, they get out, you know, into the nature, uh, whatever, they see f- really nice places and, you know, the calmness out there and stuff and just to escape the stress in the cities and stuff. Right. So once we got them on a the bike, on a mountain bike, they get out, then they stay in, you know. Yep. But I Agreed. think the key could be also… Um, totally. You got to make it comfortable for them. Yeah, if exactly. They don't, if they don't feel comfortable yeah, in the yeah, attire yeah. or they feel like they look stupid… Then exactly. yeah, you, you lost them already. Yeah, yeah. But if you can create a package for them that you know they don't feel so strange and you know they feel comfortable in the clothing and it's functional, mm. then why not? No, definitely, it makes it much easier. And especially if we look at downhill right now, those guys are tightening their kits down, even though there's a rule, <laughs> yeah, yeah. rule, rule against spandex. <laughs> like you know, they're developing speed fabric yeah, and exactly. getting really tight kits and stuff. So. I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah, but about. it's so interesting. If you talk to the downhills about their their stuff because uh, their clothing, you know, everyone says, no, no, it's quite loose, still loose. But yeah. I mean, they changed quite a lot. Oh, yeah. And this is a big topic now going on. There's so much discussion and even they can feel the difference, you know. Well, I mean, you know, like you said, you know, surfing, skateboarding, exactly. they all have unique styles and, you know, mountain biking has its unique style. Yeah. 
but you know styles evolve and mm -hmm. change over the time just mm -hmm. like the the other equipment does mm -hmm. and so um yeah i think baggy clothing was a great thing that happened to mountain biking you see in the trail segment most yeah. people are wearing baggies um it's only really the hardcore xc people that you know truly wear a spandex and there's a reason for it yeah, yeah exactly so yeah oh. um so through the evolution of the sport, what do you think are some of the most important evolutions you've seen in equipment over the last uh, two decades? For me, pops out straight away 29, 29er wheels and dropper seat posts. This yeah. is something where I think that these, these things just uh, change the whole sport in a way. Mm -hmm. Especially, I mean, of course, for racing, but I think I always kind of orient myself to, to the normal people. Right. When they go out, they, they could feel it straight away. They can ride stuff now, which with a 26-inch wheel or 27.5 or whatever it is, they couldn't ride, you know. And now the 29-inch wheel, they gave them so much more comfort, so much more security on a bike, and mm -hmm. they enjoy so much more. And with the dropper seat post, you know, it's the same, you know. They got a different position on the bike. They can... Uh, lean back more and uh, in terms of weight balance and stuff and it's just it makes the riding complete different and makes the people just enjoy more and they are more safe and they spend more time on the bike agreed yeah. totally agree and these two things pop out yeah from absolutely. Our side. although uh, i was you know interesting i was watching a lot of the cross-country riders here mm -hmm. not a lot of them are running dropper seat posts yeah it depends you know for example, for the short track, I, I guess you were looking yesterday at the short track race. You know, most of them, because of weight reasons, they they uh, um, just uh, don't have it on their bike. Mm -hmm. But for the cross country event, most of them they put it back on. Are you guys allowed to run a different bike for the short track? No, end? no, no. That's one of the rules. You need to use the same bike as for the short track. So you can swap out your seat post, though. No, the seat post is not a problem. You get a stick on the frame. This is what you need. Okay. To, basically, you know, uh, you would have an advantage if you would show up for the short track with an hardtail because it's way lighter because right. it's so aggressive you know those 20 minutes you're basically you most of the time out of the saddle and accelerating out of the corners mm -hmm. if you have that weight advantage you know people would make use of, out of it but then f just to protect the smaller teams you know not everyone can allow it or uh, not everyone has the money you know to travel sure. with whatever shitload of bikes right. <laughs> to some events or whatever and I mean for the bigger team it's not a problem but for the smaller teams and to, well, I think it makes for more exciting racing no definitely way. definitely and it makes you think about what bike you're going to run. And, exactly. You know, am I, is my goal here to do better in the short track yeah. or am I here for the, the big picture to do well in the cross-country race? Yeah, I totally agree. But I think it's a good regulation or just a good rule, you know, yeah. just to uh, limit that. Otherwise, it's be, it's it, be... it would be interesting if they said that you couldn't change any major components like seat posts. Yeah, yeah. Because that, you know, would, you know, entice more people to run the dropper seat post yeah exactly yeah i mean in my case i'm a i'm a bit short you know in terms of my weight and yeah. so i don't really make use out of a um uh dropper seat post but in train my, my training bike always has a dropper seat post mm -hmm. and it makes a whole it makes a difference you know of riding and i think every bike which is sold on the market should mm -hmm. have a dropper seat post just for Absolutely. the normal people because yeah, yeah. it helps them so much to avoid whatever crashes or go over the handlebar totally. and stuff because every time people look at it, oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. Once they, uh, they but had once it, you tried it, <laughs> exactly. you, you don't go back. <laughs> no, not exactly. It's, 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 a, it's an incredible yeah. It's the same with 29ers, you know. Yep. And then also for me, it was interesting talking about uh, wheel sizes, you know, why the downhills took so long, you know, to jump on a 29er. Because mm -hmm. in the beginning, everyone says, no, no, it's way more agile, you know, it's way faster. And now, yep. I mean, once they go 29, everyone says, no, no, that's the, that's the thing. Well, now they're experimenting with 
different wheel sizes <laughs> yeah. from where the, the, yeah. the mullet bike is yeah but call i think it. yeah but i think that's more related to the courses and stuff you know yeah. in terms of steepness and technical and stuff you have some advantage but i think yeah 29 is a good thing even for yeah. the downhill yeah, yeah. bikes for, for, or once again to go back to the public yeah. i think it is uh the right choice for mm. most people to be on the 29 inch yeah. so but here at Novo Mesto, we have, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, here at Andorra, we have a uh, slightly longer downhill. There's not an advantage to run a dropper on that? Uh, there is an advantage. There is an advantage for sure. But uh, on the other side, you know, longer downhill means also longer uphill. Right. And then you have to carry, carry those 200 grams up the up the mountain again. Mm-hmm. And this is just something every everyone, every rider has to decide on his own, you right. know. And I can tell you, I mean, that 200 grams doesn't sound much, but it is, you know. Absolutely. It is, a, it is a, you can feel it on the climbs and um, it's just uh, something every rider has to decide just before. But you know, some riders need it as well to recover better. That makes it uh, uh, makes them feel like or more recovered once they got to the bottom of the climb, and then you know they they are like I said more recovered and then can um, go up the hill uh, faster. Or yeah, and that's why I think people just decide uh, on the race side if they want to run or not the dropper. Okay. So, um, Cannondale Factory Racing has been an Envy partner for quite a few years now. Mm. Um, do you recall making the switch from aluminium wheels to the carbon wheels? Or if I regret, no, no. Do you do you recall what that what that was like going from aluminium oh, right. <laughs> to to the to the that was a, it was the same. Like it was a massive a massive change yeah. in terms of everything. You know lightness stiffness and uh also from us because people were at the beginning i think i remember well when uh, carbon popped in and the, the first carbon rims showed up and stuff people were just like oh no you can't ride carbon rims you know it's gonna crack and then you're gonna crash and whatever and i personally you know that's the best thing what happened because they're way more stiffer and uh, more uh reliable than anything else you know mm-hmm. to me yes especially in cross country Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, yeah, with Envy, I'm I'm super happy. It's a long relationship, and I'm I'm really happy. It's just something I think for everyone, you know. Basically, the rims are so important on the bike. Well, wheels are probably one of the biggest. Yeah, I mean, wheels to, in, gen- to, in general. To tune the bike. With. Yeah, to tune the bike, or just you know, like just for the public again, you know. Once you go out for a ride with your with your lads, with your friends, you know, right. that worst thing what can happen is just you know that you have a flat tire and whatever, and it's always related to a combination of rim size or i mean the rim white width width and uh tires on top and things yeah. like that you know so i think that's also it's really important piece on the bike and also it's like same with the car we said you know if you put proper rims on the car yep. it looks da- damn good and it's that's the same <laughs> on the bike you know <laughs> and i can tell you now every bike if you it, if it put some proper envy wheels on you know it's gonna look amazing nice yeah really nice yeah and that's something that actually has evolved i mean we've went you probably started off racing let me guess 1.9 tires mm, maybe yeah. even smaller at some point smaller 1.6 1.7 yeah remember. conti and, back in and what are you running for tire size now 225 225 yeah. on the m525 m525 yeah, yeah exactly so and this is i think if you look in the peloton most of the riders you know everyone is uh choosing now bigger volume tire tires yeah it just allows them because the the rims they got wider and wider it allows them also you know to put a tire on and maybe play with the with the pressure more so mm-hmm. to go lower on pressure have more conf- more comfy uh more uh grip on the side so this is a big thing at the moment you know just to get the the balance right between the wheel set and the tire because it's not you know you need to have also the right tire in a way for the wheels 
absolutely to make to balance or balance it out or that both uh, work uh, proper right and tire selection is also a huge part of it given mm-hmm. the course is it a loose and dry course or is yeah. it a little bit more wet mm-hmm. and that also dictates what sort of tire pressures you guys are running yeah exactly mm-hmm. but it's really it's it's uh for me it's always interesting to see how much like just you know in terms of pressure when we go when we talk about pressure how 0.1 a bar could make a difference already huge difference it's a huge difference you know and i always need to because you know lots of fans or like talking about again the public you know the normal people Mm -hmm. uh, out there you know when i see how much pressure they sometimes run i mean normally too much it's always too much you know i can tell you why the reason is and this is related to what i said earlier they're just afraid that they are flat or whatever. And right. then the whole ride is ruined, you know? The well, I whole... think there's also the thing people uh, believe that with more tire pressure, the bike rolls faster, no. which is actually not true no. because uh, the higher the pressure, the more vibration you get out of the bike yeah, exactly. and more fatigued you get. Yeah, Whereas exactly. with the lower pressure yeah, yeah. gives you less fatigue and also um, gives you more traction yeah. and more yeah, yeah. Uh, confidence in the cornering. Yeah. But this is a big point always, you know, when people show up and they ask, ask us how much tire pressure we run and stuff i mean we are at the moment with our current wheel set uh, we are around like uh, playing around from 1.2 bar to 1.3 bar that's pretty low yeah it's pretty low but i can tell you it makes a massive difference a massive difference do you ever hit rocks during the race we do yeah yeah. and you just keep on charging no we keep on charging Uh, i mean envy uh has some some nice stuff uh always for us because we we run at our i don't know if i'm allowed to say that but we run that uh rim rim strip strip yeah on our on on our wheel set uh not on on all i think maxime's running the normal 525 maxime is running the normal the wide wide hookless speed but but it always depends on your riding style right and uh, maxime is not as aggressive for example he's also way lighter than we do we are for example arve and myself he carries way more um, kg on the bike. It yeah. also allows him to ride a little bit lighter over rocks and roots. Mm-hmm. And uh, my choice is always that rim strip and uh, the stripper. And uh, I, think, I mean, with this wheel, I can tell you, just fly over stuff. It's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And this is for me. And this also allows me to drop down uh, tire even pressure more. even more with the tire pressure. So uh, basically, uh, Max is running a little bit higher tire pressure just to avoid that, you know, mm-hmm. to hit the rim. But with that, with that wheel, wheel set, I'm so happy. And to be honest, I mean, the last time I had a flat tire, I mean, even for my training rides, to say, <laughs> I'm on my stripper wheel, I'm never going to flat. You know? <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never carry a tube or something with yeah. me because I'm so sure I'm not going to flat. Right. It's a good feeling. No, it's a, this is the best feeling you can have. Right. So I'm not worrying, you know, and I can just smash the trails in training, in the race. And this is, for me, this is such an important piece on the bike. Yeah. And also that feeling to, to know you can just, you can just, uh, smash it, you know? Yeah. 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 This is great. Yeah. Hello. So as you see, we are in the, on the on the race yeah, side. So yeah, we're actually, popping in and out. Yeah, we'll just try to hide in the camp. But it's not <laughs> happening. That's all right. That's all right. So um, how old are you now? You're thirty. Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah. So you you know got maybe one or two seasons left. Is that yeah. the plan? Yeah. So I signed a contract till twenty twenty with Cannondale, and okay. after that, uh, the plan is to retire. Okay. And then I have twenty twenty years uh, on my Cup. back. World Cup. Yeah, ten years with Cannondale. Yeah, I think that's also something I, I want to point out. Yeah, because for me, it's it's like a family, you know. And yep. sometimes you have to go through ups and downs. And like an athlete's life is always, you know, you have ups and you have you downs. Have it's the same with the team, you know. Yeah. But I think 
looking at the team now as the best team I've ever been on, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also because we're constantly working on, you know. And right. it's also even, even even better than FBI? Even better, yeah. <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> it was more like a family team. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had great times, you yeah. know. And we had some I love the name. That's I just had to bring that up in yeah, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Fulmich Brothers International FBI. Yeah. <laughs> the FBI. Yeah, exactly. Black kids. Yeah, black men, kids. Men in black. Yeah, yeah. It but we fun. we thought I think we when we when we uh, launched the team we we wanted to be a bit different. We saw there are some some chance, chances to kind of pop out in a different way. Yeah. And I think you know at the beginning everyone said hey, you can't race black uh, black kids. You know I can't be can't be. And if you look now in the peloton, most of them they're all black. You know. Yeah. And a lot of things, and we had some great time, but I think that was just you know it was a step to step to, into into this this yeah, team exactly yeah yeah and uh, now I'm really happy and we got some some great riders on board uh, or athletes here you know yep. uh, surrounded by great athletes and I think we have a great vibe in the team we have great partners I mean like you with Envy a uh, good relationship and it's always nice when you guys pop in we talk about products you know how we can develop and make a product better and this is something. Uh, also, I mean, really great, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, uh, sometimes, you know, you, you got those engineers, they're hiding in their office and they never come out for, never for come races. To the races yeah. yeah, exactly. And just, I think, when was it? Novomesto, uh, the engineers showed up yep. and we talked about different products and how we can improve things. And Well, like you, know, you said, you really... guys are testing those uh, M5s with the, the rim strips. Yeah. So we definitely mm-hmm. use the teams always yeah. to prove concepts yeah, yeah. before we bring it to market. But it's also just something special, you know, I think because... Uh, you, I mean, there are a lot of teams and just, you know, I think it's really important. It's a really important piece that engineers come out and actually see how we race, what we're doing with these products and how they could maybe uh, make it better. Yeah. This is uh, constantly right. like a, these chats, I think helps helping quite a lot to develop stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, being in your late thirties, racing with all these youngsters, mm, it's not what, easy. I tell you, well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what's the challenge? I mean, the, do you, do you find it hard to go that hard that fast? Yeah, well, I mean, the biggest challenge I think is not. I'm not looking what what these youngsters are doing. To be honest, I'm just trying to get the best out of myself. And right. I think uh, the most important uh, thing when you're getting old is uh, that you need to adapt your kind of training. You know, you can't train like you've been uh, when you were right. twenty or early thirties. You know, so in my case you know i mean i can feel the fatigue coming in more and you know the training load and i just need some more time to recover and i just need to get the training right in terms of you know the um the right at the right points to get everything right and this is a a really hard challenge over those last two three years because i could feel now you know it's not that easy anymore and Mm -hmm. i can't recover like the young guns anymore you know they go out they smash themselves (laughs) every day they come back they sleep and then they feel like rocky again and they go out again Mm -hmm. and in my case it's a bit different but i think it's a great challenge for myself and also for everyone, you know, who, who is uh, into uh, whatever sport it is, it's just a challenge you always have with yourself, you mm-hmm. know, to get the best out of yourself and just to make the right calls at the right time. Yeah. And uh, I think um, this just is really motivating for me as well, you know, just to be still around here and to be able to compete with the best in the world. Yeah, it's amazing because yeah. um, definitely the it's the level of riding that's occurring right now is so high. Yeah. You have to be totally on your A game to be there with those guys. So, yeah, hats off that you can still do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's where I mean, I didn't start uh, the that sport, you know, to be come a like a pro race or whatever. It's right. that 
I had that drive because I loved to, you know, when I was breathing heavily, when I was, you know, I was always trying to make it or to get faster, to kind of work with myself and, you know, all these things. Uh, this is why I started and this is why I still, why I'm still in that, in that, uh, in that, um, sport. So you really enjoy it. No, I'm, enjoy I'm still the, enjoying it, you know, the process and, and yeah, everything. And like I said, you know, you have these ups and downs, but, I mean, even when you think, you know, you, you are so, um, you got so much, um, now I'm missing the word, uh, experience, you know, you're so experienced and you had that already, you know, when I look back, I had, you know, like all these ups and downs and you always think, no, no, next time I'm, I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it yeah. better. But on the other side, you get also older. So that changes again. And it's always something you need to adapt to and. But mm -hmm. we got a great crew uh, with some um, with my trainer, with the performance manager here and the team, and we're constantly working on things. You know, and there's so much data now as well compared to at the beginning. Right. You know, we got. Everything. I mean, how did you train at the beginning? It was with a heart rate yeah, monitor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a heart rate monitor, but it was more actually was my feeling. You know, right. And this is, but to be honest, that's I think that's also something which I think is really important, and yep. this is something that I have an advantage. I think um, when I look. When I look at the younger athletes, you know, they are now so into numbers. I mean, they don't go out with a Garmin device or a Stages device or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. just to see numbers. And they say, oh, now I'm in the, I can train because now, okay, heart rate looks good. Okay, wattage looks good. Okay, this looks good and this. And then, like, it's really interesting, you know, to see. And I think this is also something which plays a big role while everything um, got so much more uh, or improved so much more mm -hmm. uh, because, you got so much more data. You can say, okay, you lost here, you you lost there, or you can gain here some more time, and we we, we can uh, do the training in a different way. And it's just interesting for me as well to get that input and to use it in the training just to get better. Yeah, absolutely, mm. good stuff. So next year, Olympic year, and then what happens after you're done racing? Do you, are you totally done with the sport, or no. are you, you going to stay on with Cannondale in some fashion, or well, what's, what's the future hold for Manuel Fumic? Well, I mean, first of all, uh, it's going to be my fifth Olympics. Uh, That's yeah, That's awesome. No, yeah, I'm really looking forward for that. And Tokyo is going to be special as well. I love, yeah. I love that country. And um, after that, of course, I mean, I want to be somehow involved in the sport. But I think from from for myself, I just want to uh, get out of the sport at least for three to six months first, and then kind of refresh, and then see uh, in which way I can kind of get back. Sorry, Dixie. Uh, how long are you going to be with the game ready for Simmons? All right, you can have it. I'm finished. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. That was the performance manager. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. And uh, now coming back, I mean, yeah, I would like to, like I said, you know, I've been in that sport for 20 years um, and I would like kind of stay in there as well, but I don't know exactly in which area, you know, and, right. uh, but it's just, I think I'm just want to keep it open. And just our like use make use of those uh, last one and a half years mm -hmm. and really concentrate on my sport just to get everything out and then after that I'm I'm really gonna see where in which direction I'm gonna go. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, we wish you the best and we look forward to seeing what you end up doing post right. racing career and definitely look forward to seeing you out there racing uh, this weekend and in future races. Yeah. And uh, just uh, thanks for taking time out. I know you guys are on a busy schedule, so mm -hmm. we appreciate it. Thank you, Ken. And uh, hopefully see you soon again at some other races. Always. And thanks always for following. A always right. a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll have some more uh, episodes coming up for you. And make sure you follow all the World Cup races and Cannondale Factory Racing and all the teams that we work with. Thanks again, and we'll see you guys soon. Bye.